Hello, it's David here. If you found the leader through one of our articles on standard.co.uk, then welcome. And did you know that we're released every day through all major podcast providers at 4pm? Just find us in the search bar and hit subscribe to make sure you never miss our news, analysis and commentary. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David Marsland. Free travel for millions into London. The plan is get people to come in at least once and they'll probably gain confidence and go back again and again. So the idea is let's give people a free ticket into London and home again. Our political editor Joe Murphy on his exclusive story, will it be enough to get the public to overcome their fear of public transport? And We, we will see what happens, but at the moment the travel industry is, is in utter, utter horror at the complete disarray that we're seeing. After the Portugal Farago, travel journalist Simon Calder tries to explain foreign trip quarantine laws when even the Transport Secretary admits they're confusing. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is The Leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, what is First Ride Free? This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharmadine Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. The next station is Westminster. Here's the movie trailer pitch. London is in peril. It needs you to save it. All you have to do is catch a train. Travelling into the city can feel a bit heroic right now, what with the alleged threat of coronavirus lurking in the carriages ready to mug us. But TfL insists the underground buses and trams are as safe as they can be, and they've got independent testing to back that up. After some nudging from the Evening Standard, we've seen the Mayor Sadiq Khan, Health Secretary Matt Hancock and Chancellor Rishi Sunak among those getting on the tube. But the public still seems nervous. Could free travel be the push that people need? It's being considered, and our editorial column thinks it'll work. Now is the moment for some innovation. And after Eat Out to Help Out, it's clear people respond to discount offers and a bit of clever marketing. One idea in the pipeline is the first ride free scheme. It would give cut-price travel to people who haven't been into central London since spring, creating a chance to get back into the centre of the city to use shops and visit galleries and museums. Getting people on the tube is vital, and this seems like the way to do it. We hope it goes ahead. 
A free ride on the tube might not be quite as much fun as a discount lunch, but every bit helps in bringing London back to its best. Well, this story was broken by our political editor, Joe Murphy. He's with me now. Joe, it's provisionally called First Ride Free. How does it work? David, this is something that uh, might just help get London out of the deep economic hole that it has fallen into since the pandemic came. And what's been identified as a real problem is that while people would like, in theory, to go back to work in many cases because they're fed up with, with home, uh, and while a lot of people would love to go to the museums and galleries, which Oliver Dowden told us last week are, are really quiet and nice to go round at the moment, and while people would love to go in the West End, they're actually nervous of the travelling part. And it's this fear of going underground and into confined spaces that is holding a lot of people back, uh, understandably. The reality is that outside the rush hours, the tubes and the buses are running virtually empty for most of the day. So the plan is get people to come in at least once and they'll probably gain confidence and go back again and again. So the idea is... Let's give people a free ticket into London and home again. So the people don't have to pay for it, but who will? I can't imagine the government's got much money left after things like Eat Out to help out. Well, the government had no money to begin with, but it's been borrowing like crazy to get through this problem. And the question of who pays for this is currently an open question. Now, the new boss of TfL... Andy Byford is the brains behind this particular scheme. Some other schemes have been called for in various quarters. And he needs government support because TfL's finances, as you know, are on life support. So they're calling the hospital consultant, which is the government, and ultimately the Chancellor, Rishi Sunak, to approve this one. And the government ministers, like the Minister for London, Paul Scully, is, is deeply involved in the talks, are saying, well, maybe the sec- private sector could be putting in some money to this because ultimately they'll get the first benefit of it. And I've spoken to some of the great West End business leaders who are in the city who are saying, well, actually, the people who'll benefit ultimately are the Treasury and the Chancellor because if London gets back on its feet, you're going to see tax income flowing again. So at the moment, there's a bit of a pass the parcel with the paycheck to fund this project. But what I can say is that on all sides... There seems to be an enthusiasm for it or for something like it. So this is, I think, destined to go ahead. And we do know, of course, that London's economy is genuinely in peril, don't we, Joe? There have been lots of businesses talking about this, big fears about coming up to Christmas. This is the kind of initiative that could, could help the city out. The great problem for London businesses is they pay extraordinarily high rents for their properties, the highest in the world, I think, for a lot of central London. And that fixed cost doesn't go away. You can furlough staff, you can mothball bars and restaurants and galleries and theatres, but you can't stop paying the bills without going out of business. And to pay the bills, you need punters. I was in the West End just two nights ago, actually. I went out for a really good meal in Piccadilly. I went walking around Soho and Chinatown, Loved it. It was very quiet, though, I have to say, and 
of several premises we're really not getting enough visitors in we need to get that footfall up otherwise things are going to go wrong and the centre of London is so important for the identity of the city and that's what draws in people from around the world to work here pay taxes here and ultimately give us a prosperity that we all enjoy now, Joe, we're going to speak shortly to the travel journalist Simon Calder about the problems with the government's airline quarantines, this issue over Portugal and parts of Greece, where different parts of the UK now have different rules. Has anything been said at Westminster today about what's going on? Well, interestingly, we've just been grilling um, the Prime Minister's official spokesman about what went on behind the decision that was announced late yesterday on Portugal and the Greek islands. Welsh Health Minister Vaughan Gethin has said publicly that the Joint Biosecurity Centre, which is the main scientific advisor to the government on this issue, advised that there was a health risk due to travelling from those places, and that quarantine was appropriate. So we put this to number 10, and the answer we get is not really an answer at all. The answer is, well, the process is that we take advice from the Joint Biosecurity Centre, and then ministers assess that and make a decision. Well, we know ministers make a decision. The question is whether that decision was in line with what was advised by the JBC. And multiple times we asked the question, and multiple times we got obfuscation and non-answers in response. You can draw your own conclusions for what it's worth. My conclusion is the JBC said, red list them, and the minister said, not yet. Next. The airports aren't going to have to do anything. It's just they're going to be even emptier than they are at the moment because people will be saying... I've got exactly no interest in having a system where almost minute to minute the rules can change. Simon Calder, what is going on with airline quarantines? Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Can you go to Portugal and the Greek islands without having to self-isolate or not? Well, it rather depends on which bit of the UK you're listening to this podcast from. Even the transport secretary is admitting it's confusing when England says it's fine, but Scotland doesn't. 
Meanwhile, as passengers just give up and cancel holidays, the travel industry is suffering. Virgin Airlines just announced 1,150 job losses. The travel journalist Simon Calder is normally jetting around the world at this time of year, but he's as grounded as everyone else and joins me from Swindon Railway Station. Simon, it's a bit like the setup of a joke, isn't it? A Scotsman, an Englishman, a Welshman and a Northern Irishman all land at Heathrow from Madeira. Which one has to self-isolate? Well, of course, until last night, the rule would have been exactly the same for everybody. But then we saw the entire quarantine project disintegrating. And basically, the UK, or England at least, um, wanted Portugal not to be put on the no-go list. Uh, Wales and Scotland, looking at the same data, said, yes, it's got to go on the no-go list. They even came up with two different versions of the, the same policy. One of them, um, Scotland, including the whole of Portugal and uh, Wales, saying we, we know that the uh, islands, Madeira and the Azores, are OK. Um, and the whole shambles means that you've got a flight coming in from Madeira. And if you're uh, Scottish, um, you're going to have to try and get to um, Scotland by 4 a.m. If you're Welsh, you're going to be fine as long as the plane didn't stop to refuel in Lisbon and somebody got on. Um, if you're English and Northern Irish, you go and do whatever you want to do. And this is clearly not sustainable for any length of time. Although the travel industry has deplored this astonishing state of affairs, which is turning the UK into even more of a laughing stock from uh, th than it was before, um, it will actually hasten the demise of the whole quarantine project. It is simply unsustainable. And I think that um, by this time next week, I predict, and I've got a number of things wrong, but I predict that miraculously the government will come up with something which says, oh, actually, yeah, blanket quarantine, no alternative to um, 14 days of self-isolation. Well, actually, we've just found one. And uh, we, we will see what happens. But at the moment, the travel industry is, is in utter, utter horror at the complete disarray that we're seeing. How do airlines, how do airports handle all of this? Because they'll have to deal with passengers in separate ways. And that's just going to add to their workload at a time when things are complicated enough. Well, actually... It's not that much. There's no complication for the airport because it's down to you to work out. Um, oh, OK, I'm arriving on Air Portugal from Lisbon. I'm an English person, so I'm all right. Oh, no, I'm a Welsh person, so I've got to go home and stay indoors for two weeks. Or I'm a Scottish person and I've got till 4 a.m. on Saturday. So the airports aren't going to have to do anything. It's just they're going to be even emptier than they are at the moment because people will be saying... I've got exactly no interest in uh, having a system where from almost minute to minute, the rules can change. And that is going to cause me a great deal of upset and inconvenience. And we can see the impact the the problems across the travel industry are having once again today with Virgin announcing another load of job losses. Uh, yes. And um, the, the mantra which has been coming from both central government and from Scotland, which is that um, nothing means nothing is as important as getting the number of cases down. I think we are going to see that actually change. And when you have very strongly um, conservative supporting newspapers with front page stories saying that, that, they, that the, the travel industry is being destroyed, I think um, even the people who are kind of running the show 
are going to start thinking, oh, travel, yeah, um, used to be the best uh, successful travel industry in the world. It looks a bit of a mess now. Um, and the tens of thousands of people have lost their jobs. And uh, we've stopped millions of people going on holiday. Was that a good thing to do? Maybe we should change the plan. And obviously, every day that that doesn't happen, more and more of this great industry is being destroyed and more jobs are being lost. But uh, that's the choice that the government has made up to now. And that's the leader. You can keep up with all the latest developments with the Evening Standards live blog, which you'll find at standard.co.uk. This podcast is back at 4pm on Monday.